Greetings and welcome to Let's Talk About Books, baby, where we talk with your favorite LGBT authors. I'm Anita Kelly, and my guest today is Lynn Hemphill. Hello, Lynn. Hi, how are you? I'm well, all the way across the Atlantic. So, uh, yeah, how are things over in England? They've just finished being very, very hot, and now they are very, very wet. So, Uh, a few few, uh, weathery type changes happening over here. uh, Yeah, yeah, same here, same here. Uh, I'm, I'm eager for fall, fall weather. Yes. Yeah, I think uh, I think that a lot of people are. We had a first drought in the UK in several years. So having grown up in Kenya, I'm used to droughts, but I don't think yeah. many of my neighbors are. Yeah, I guess not. Right. Oh, that's unusual. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, unu- it's an unusual situation for England, rainy old England to be in, I think. Yeah, right. Exactly. So speaking of rainy old England, Um, I became familiar with a product that might help, you know, folks, uh, I don't know, fix, uh, the frizzies that, uh, you know, rainy old England causes. Um, yeah. So I just want to give a shout out to, uh, the barb shop. Um, it is, uh, a, it's the first Barb is the first beauty brand for people who express their identity through their short hair. Um, It is LGBTQ plus owned and operated by Sheena and Megan. And um, Sheena sent me um, some Barb pomade. And I got to tell you, it works so well and it smells so freaking good. Um, Really. Um, So what's that? I would definitely have appreciated some of that back in uni. (laughs) Yes, right? Oh, definitely. Yeah. So, um, yeah, thank you again. Uh, And folks, you can, you know, check out their product, uh, their um, email or uh, web address is thebarbshop.com. Um, and, uh, they have this soft clay pomade that just, uh, works well and smells well. So, uh, thanks again. Um, so Lynn, uh, you have a new book coming out soon, right? I do. Yes. It's called, is it drifting? Yes, it's drifting. Uh, my mermaid, mermaid book. (laughs) <laughs> basically uh, i i like to joke that it's a cross between xena warrior princess and the little the little mermaid oh my god you're reading my mind that is funny ah. yes yes totally when i checked it out i was like this has hints of xena and the little mermaid and um yeah <laughs> so i and i and i'll save that question for later but uh, i did have a question about the little mermaid uh, but uh, tell us, tell us about drifting. Uh, so the story is about a mermaid warrior, I suppose you could say, um, who gets herself cast out onto land during uh, an altercation. Um, and uh, she meets and falls in love with a human woman who isn't entirely sure what to think about girl with all the mermaid stories she the the human woman is slightly convinced that is not sure whether uh jet the mermaid is 
really a mermaid or whether she's just telling stories to cover up the fact that she's been kicked out of her home for being gay and uh you know either way tessa the human um it feels very drawn to her and uh, and wants to wants to help however she can so tessa is a helper by nature she is yes she works for a uh she works for an environmental consultant consulting agency uh she just basically wants to make the world a better place and uh she's she's a little bit awkward she's a little bit shy uh but she just wants to make things better for everyone and you know having gone through some tough times herself she sees jet who she had not their first meeting but their second meeting involves jet throwing herself off a pier oh, wow. uh, yeah tessa's thought here is oh no uh, you know something something's gone very wrong in this lady's life um and of course what jet really wants to do is hope that if she throws herself off something high enough she'll get her tail back huh. so the, the sort of trying to convince each other that uh, Tessa trying to convince Jet that there's so much to live for and Jet trying to convince her that yes I know I'm trying to get back to my life so so, that- so you could say that Jet by jumping off the pier in front of Tessa threw Tessa into a tailspin oh. <laughs> that was bad right exceptionally <laughs> bad as they as Say in the Lumber James book, you have won your pungent master badge. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm I'm kind of known for my bad dad jokes around here. Nice. So. <laughs> so, where did you get the idea for this storyline? Um, and oh. that was where the Little Mermaid came in because I know I know that you have little ones at home, right? Yes. And so, yeah. I don't know. Are they the Little Mermaid? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I. Honestly, it's a bit of a convoluted uh, sort of source of inspiration. I saw a short film uh, by Colin Morgan uh, called The The Laughing King. It's it's a very, very, very difficult short film to watch, but it's beautiful and it's made for a suicide um, charity um, in the UK, uh, particularly men's uh, men's suicide. Uh, um, dealing with the issue of, of young men's suicide in the UK. And then I also, around the same time, saw a photo shoot of uh, James McAvoy, I think, and it just looked like they were taken in the same place. The The film looked like it was uh, being taken in a sort of a fairground environment and the photo shoot looked like it had been taken in a fairground environment. And in my head, these two people meet in this seaside town and um they they sort of uh meet in very difficult circumstances and help each other through it or you know uh discover how to help each other through it and of course that turned into well what if this one's actually a mermaid and what if this one is actually uh you know a very repressed human being and it's came from somewhere extremely bizarre and turned into something very different to the source material, I suppose. Yeah, I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I'm I'm impressed with <laughs> how you kind of uh, made that route. And uh... yeah. 
I'm <laughs> pretty sure there's some uh, some some weird jumping jumping exercise that my brain goes through to uh, to get to to story ideas. But it works. It definitely oh, it seems to. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, when is drifting due to come out? It's coming out in November, so uh, it can be. You can get it from Bold Stroke from the Bold Strokes website direct uh, from the first of November this year, um, and then it's out for general release from the fifteenth of November. Great. I think it's up pre order on on Bold Strokes at the moment. Pre order, yes. Oh, wonderful! All right, and um, so drifting really—it's—it's it's an unusual story right um it really is and it's and it's fun it's 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 a fun story um and and so i'm wondering like do you enjoy like writing like those kind of fantasy novels and you know like uh including magical aspects to your writing yeah so when i uh when i first sort of started out writing i didn't think that i would ever go down that route because of course i um you know the most of the fantasy i grew up with i was obsessed with lord of the rings when i was a teenager as so many of us are and i couldn't really imagine myself getting getting down the uh the sort of hard fantasy route because i don't think i have the kind of patience required to invent new languages um yeah but, uh, Uh, So I never thought that I would be really into writing fantasy. I didn't think I had that kind of mind. But uh, when it's something so rooted in the real world, but with a fantasy twist, I love doing that kind of thing. And I feel like I've sort of found my groove with this sort of fantasy twist, because this is what happens in my mind all the time. So That's so cool. So is it? It's it's like a romance with a fantasy twist. Is that how? Is that how you're kind of? Yeah. So, uh, yes, I think that uh, you know because it's not just about the romance. There's also um, the the issue of how Jet is going to get back to her world and the fact that she was thrown out of her world to keep her safe. It's essentially her cousin uh, who's a mage or a witch essentially cast her out during a battle to keep her safe. Mm-hmm. And she's now, she doesn't know if her family is safe. She wants to get home. She wants to find out what's going on. And she wants to battle the bad guys who she was already, she was battling at the beginning. And so there's an awful lot of finding out that the things that you believed all throughout your life are actually not true. Um, but there's also the romance that I think is, sort of gives them gives both the characters the strength to get through these changes and the strength to face them head on yeah. so they they're not really changing each other but they're supporting each other in uh meeting these challenges and meeting this massive change to both their lives and it helps them to to sh- to find out who they truly are as well and and isn't that what really happens to every couple Right. When they when they meet and, you know, you come from different lives and you kind of try to meld them into one. Um, Yeah. And I think, I mean, obviously, uh, every every couple for whom it works, um, I I think that um, is the wonderful thing about relationships and about love is about standing, being on the same side and, you know, 
you so often hear of, of people sort of going, oh, I can't win with you. You know, we are always arguing and I can't win with you. And it's like a, a relationship that works is one where you're standing on both, both on the same side. And if one wins, the other wins as well, because you're on the same team and you're supporting each other, I guess. So my very naive and... Yeah, <laughs> no. no, I'm thinking of uh, the song by Boy George, uh, you know, Karma uh, Chameleon, Oh, yeah. uh, the one line you're my lover not my rival right yes yeah yeah that comes to yeah. mind it's so true Although that, that song always confused me as a teenager because in Swahili kama means like a and I saw it was like what you're like a chameleon okay fine yeah <laughs> so I, didn't, I didn't understand the karma aspect of that song okay. when I was growing up okay I guess it could <laughs> probably work either way you know I think it, yes yeah so um, when you when you wrote this book, you know, I, I know like a little bit about the writing process that, you know, um, you you have to go through some major editing usually. Mm-hmm. Um, so how many how many edits did you have to go through before you got to the final product that is now drifting? I had actually um, the. It went through fewer edits than previous books, partly because I was lucky enough to get feedback on the plot that I had written out and I sent off to uh, Bold Strokes to to sort of propose uh, as a proposal. and uh, I got a lot of really wonderful feedback from that particular, which is so important. I just think um, I look back at that at that original proposal and go, oh my gosh, what was I thinking? Of course, they wouldn't relate like that. You know, they wouldn't interact like that. Um, and so, although it wasn't a full writing of the book, the first, I suppose, draft was uh, very quickly and easily done because it was uh, a very a, a detailed summary. Um, so I feel I feel quite lucky that uh, I didn't dive in and write the whole thing from scratch. And I got feedback on that very first nice. detailed summary. Um, and uh, but. I've had a few grammar issues and my editor, Barbara, is constantly trying to teach me how the Oxford comma works and I will learn one day. (laughs) So so I've had a few, I've had two rounds of edits uh, most recently, but um, uh, the core story hasn't changed nearly as much as some of my other books, which I I think is is very strange to me because usually I'll write a write a whole book out and then look back at the beginning and go right no that's got to be completely reworked from scratch but that's rough <laughs> it's sort of you look back at it you go yep yeah, no it's starting again oh so, my goodness uh, i should definitely have the patience to do that detailed summary at the beginning i shall try and learn from this experience yeah that's fantastic <laughs> if it if it saves on edits in the end it's probably well worth it right yeah, as they, I can't remember who said it first, but, um, you know, writing the first draft is telling yourself the story. And if I can manage to tell myself the story in enough detail in a short version, then um, then that's all to the good because it saves me some time and effort. Nice. Really nice. Yeah, definitely. So um, I saw the book cover, right? And it's it's really cool looking. Um, who Who came up with that design? Uh, so I found the uh, photo. Um, I, 
I was sent a, a sort of a website where we can look for stock images and I found a couple of different photos um, and that one just looks so much like uh, Tessa, the human character. Um, the, the mermaid character, I suppose everyone looks at that and sort of assumes that that's the mermaid character, but in my mind, that's Tessa, the okay. human character. I did. I made that assumption, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter massively, but uh, in my mind, that's Tessa. Um, and uh, because one of the fun things that I uh, really enjoyed writing in this book is thinking of all the biology of the mermaids because I'm a biology graduate. Wow. And so I was sort of thinking, yeah, now in the North Sea, it's really darn cold and they would not be skinny. They would not have noses and they would not have ears and they wouldn't have hair because I have very long hair and I have spent a lot of time scuba, di scuba diving as a teenager and water and seawater and hair does not mix really well. So they wouldn't have human hair. Uh, so, of course, the person on the front cover of this doesn't look like my image of a mermaid. Aha, <laughs> uh -huh, got it, got it. And you are so right about uh, the seawater and hair. It, it kind of oh, dries it out. Really does. It's it's crazy. It's uh, And it just tangles up in everything. So, yeah, that was definitely the first thing to go. So mermaids in my, uh, in drifting have sensory hair. They have slightly thicker strands and they spread out like the, the fan worm uh, or sort of a, a tube worm uh, feathers and they can detect movement in the water and detect signals and sounds very, uh, very easily with these sensory organs on their heads, which looks very much like hair, um, but isn't. So Lynn, um, have you <laughs> always had this great... Um They'll look like humans at that. <laughs> have, have you always had this great imagination? Um, I think I, I think I have. Uh, I, I remember writing stories from when I was about. Uh, one of my first stories is written in a diary I kept when I was about eleven years old, because I thought my own life was boring. So I thought I'd write a, I'll write a, a story about something, you know, a family of seven who gets into a, a. a an attack on a fast food restaurant in Nairobi. So. Wow. That's awesome. That really is. And, uh, <laughs> and you've developed it, right? I mean, just, just thinking about like hair sensors and a mermaid mm. is, is pretty clever. <laughs> yeah. That's definitely the biology nerd coming out because uh, <laughs> I was sort of like, yeah, no, there's no way that a, that a skinny person would be, uh, would be able to live, that, that organisms would be, that mammals in the North Sea would be skinny because you've seen dolphins in the East African Ocean. Those things are smooth and streamlined. Same genus of dolphins in the North Sea is not the same shape. They are much more, uh, they're much more thick and rounded and solid looking. That's so, wild. I never would have given that any thought. That is awesome. So, so do you do you work outside the home then, like, um, and or is writing like your full time gig? How, how does that work for it, you? It's not. Uh, maybe one day, hopefully. But um, <laughs> I teach biology, actually. Do so, you? Cool. Um, and I I teach I teach all three sciences up to a certain level, but I teach biology up to A level, which is uh, the equivalent in America's. I, I don't know 
it's high school level biology basically okay and and what's um all levels you teach like like that would be equivalent to like our grade school or elementary school no no i believe it would be middle school so i teach students from age 11 to age 18 and adult students as well depending on what their life circumstances are but i work for an online school oh cool all over the world which is fantastic Uh, it's really interesting it's a great fun job oh my goodness that is that sounds like fun so you work from home Yes, I do. Nice, yeah. nice. Yeah. Nice for you. Um, yes, it, it worked out very well, because especially after, uh, during uh, the pandemic, I was still working at home when my children were at home. And so I was able to sort of uh, continue earning money um, whilst they were homeschooling as well. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's nice. <laughs> that's a perk. Yes. Yeah, for sure. So, it was intense, but uh, it worked out very well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine. I, I know a lot of people who had kids. And yeah, my my one nephew, I walked in one day and he's like just laying on the couch and he's like, welcome to my office. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Mild. Yeah. <laughs> so, um. This drifting is actually your third published novel, right? Um, so I have to ask you, and and maybe part of the editing was all part of that, but how has your writing changed since your first novel till till this one? I asked my other half about that, and he was like, "It's com- it's like it makes sense now. It's coherent." <laughs> like first of all, rude. Um, oh all- man like this you're you're right but you shouldn't say it no, he uh, he was only he was just teasing okay um, all right we'll <laughs> cut him some slack he, he's always the first one to read all my books and uh, of, um, uh, him sort of walking into my office and shaking my book at me every time he gets to about the midpoint when something disastrous happened just comes in and shakes the book at me and goes how dare and then wanders <laughs> off again uh, <laughs> but I do understand. I understand the concepts of uh, story now and narrative arcs a lot better. And I just I feel like every time I write a book, I learn so much more about how uh, stories are designed and 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 why story works. And obviously, uh, there's so much of writing is about breaking ninety percent of the rules. But uh, you've got to learn what the rules are first. And I sort of feel like, yeah, I kind of wish I'd been patient enough to learn the rules first. But I have never wanted to do anything the sensible way. So, being a scientist, uh, that sounds unusual. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I did get told in high school, you know, we don't know why you went into science because you're better at languages. So. Uh. Uh, <laughs> I was like, "Thanks for telling me that, guys." I'm halfway through my A levels. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> so, but it, um, it works for you. Yeah, yeah, it works out. I think basically, I I found it easier to uh, to work out um, the story structure. You know, the whole save the cats dynamic of, of story structure and uh, how the the arc of a story works and um, mm-hmm. and sort of goals and motiva- motivations and conflicts and making sure that your conflicts work and that kind of thing. And so I, 
I sort of feel like I've learned the mechanics of stories quite a bit more. Um, and I've also learned what I like doing as well. I think that, so The Willing as well, which came out in February this year, was also based in the real world, but with a touch of magic. And uh, you had the uh, the main, one of the main characters can bring people back from the dead. And uh, as long as there's someone else to trade their life. And the other main character is one of the people that she brought back from the dead. So it's sort of all um, magic and uh, a little bit of weirdness with romance in. Yeah. <laughs> and that's called The Willing? Yes, that's that's the willing. Um, And what's your first novel called? Not Broken. So Not Broken was very much set in the real world and and very sort of, uh, there was nothing magical happening there, you know, apart from the romance. Um, And that one, just sort of exploring identity and gender, particularly, um, because the, you know, the main character was... uh, female but sort of identified as a woman but was was rather gender non-conforming in the sense that she uh really hated the idea of of being somebody who's expected to have children um whereas her ex-boyfriend uh was desperate to have children and her new boyfriend is transgender. So uh, that one was just me messing around with gender and trying to figure out my own brain. (laughs) That's great. That's great. There are are not a lot of books out there who have, you know, primary characters who are transgender. So that is so cool. Yeah, I think there there definitely should be. And I'm obviously not necessarily the the person who should write them because I'm not trans myself. My, My gender is a bit gray i suppose um i still haven't quite figured out who i would be but my um uh whilst i was writing that book my eldest child came out as as non-binary so i was like wow this is um maybe i should stop writing this book for a while and just concentrate on my child so that book took a while to get finished (laughs) that's great so what what is your favorite part of this whole writing process? Like what, what keeps you going? I can't think of one bit that I hate, honestly. I just, I suppose even the editing, I find um, almost exciting. Uh, The one bit I think that I don't enjoy is the middle of the book uh, because I find it very difficult to, um, to, to sort of explore explore the the sort of point in the character's relationship where they are building their relationship, but they haven't quite got to uh, the climax of the relationship. I find it very difficult to to show evidence of um, the love developing or the story developing, the plot developing. Um, But as soon as I've got, you know, before that, all of that planning and, uh, you know, the excitement of getting, diving into a new book and writing out the, the meetings and the, uh, the building, uh, the building action. And then after I've got past the middle, writing the denouement and the, oh, the finale is always great fun to write. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, I don't know what bit is my favorite, possibly whatever bit, um, that you get to where you're 
self-consciousness takes a back seat for once and just lets you write so fast that you wish your fingers moved faster. So. That's, that's so great because that's the creative part of you just taking yeah. over and running, right? Yeah, and I think it, that one, it that's just like a, almost, a, that's a very addictive feeling and obviously it's very difficult to grab hold of and you just have to kind of uh, ride ride the wave while it's there, um, you know, with a surfing metaphor because Tessa's a surfer. Yeah. <laughs> so you just kind of have to take that opportunity when you get it and you can't, it's difficult to force it and I do make sure that I try and write uh solidly even when inspiration isn't right there right now um but that is definitely that is definitely uh the best part of the actual process but it is it was quite difficult for me to work out which is my favorite part of the process because I really do enjoy the process of writing yeah that's great that's fantastic and you're not alone when you say like that middle part I've heard a lot of people like say that you know like uh, you can break down a book into thirds and you know yes. the, the first third is great the last third is great and it's that middle third that just is like uh, I don't know yeah. instead of like it's, a hump it's a slump exactly it's not angsty enough like there's no meaty drama thing. <laughs> I do try and inject as much angst as I possibly can into that middle bit and that gets me through it okay so, okay that works <laughs> That's the point at which, uh, you know, the, the characters uh, maybe open up to each other and talk about their traumatic past because they've always got a traumatic past, haven't they? Yes. Um. <laughs> <laughs> if if they didn't, they would be very boring and, you know, who'd want to read about them, right? Absolutely. Yes. Yes. I'm just an angst, angst monster. <laughs> <laughs> So, so Lynn, you have not broken, and I think that came out like around 2021. Yeah. Okay. And then the willing that came out this past year, just, just this past February. And now you have drifting that is coming out this November. That yeah. is awesome. All right. So yeah. we are almost out of time. Um, and do you have any parting words for our listeners? Um, I think, uh, well, you know, just I hope you, I hope anyone, anyone who wants to enjoys them. And if you want to come and uh, yell at me, find me on social media. <laughs> <laughs> no one would yell at you. Well, it's all right if they're walking into my office and shaking my book at me and going, what? How dare? How dare you do this to this character? I have adopted them. They are my child now. Um, that's kind of yelling I'm all right with. But yeah, yeah, maybe maybe if I... <laughs> that's, that's the kind of yelling I'm all right with. <laughs> so, okay. All right. So how would someone can contact you through the Bold Strokes uh, Books website, right? have most of my information on there but i'm also uh trying to get my website off of the ground my friend aloise is very kindly helping me um and uh so hopefully i will have lynnhemphill.com up and running you know by the end of this month i'm hoping oh fantastic uh, yeah yeah but i'm also on instagram as lynn's hemphill uh, why would I have a consistent brand? <laughs> <laughs> and you're are you on Facebook also? 
I am on Facebook as Lynn Hemphill, yes. Okay. Yeah. And then there's a link uh, to your email address through Bold Strokes. Yes. Yes, there is. So, uh, yeah. yell at me in a nice way. That would be great. <laughs> Again, no one would yell at you. Your books are awesome. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> um, hopefully. Uh, but other than that, just uh, be kind to yourselves and be kind to each other and find your find your family, blood or otherwise, wherever it, wherever it is best. Wow. Nice. Nice words. Nice words to, to leave everyone with. Um, can't can't say any more. Um, so Lynn Hemphill, thank you so much for being with us today. Um, thank you. And for our listeners, Drifting is coming out November 1st on the Bold Strokes website. And then November 15th, it'll be out uh, at all of the other general uh, book selling sites. Um And uh, that's all the time we have for today. I'm Anita Kelly, and thanks for joining Liz. Talk about books, baby. So until next time, may your journey be lighthearted, peace be plenty, and be safe, folks.